The QPR podcast is supported by Ubico, the provider of rental cars by the hour, who are giving away over £2,000 in credit to our listeners. For your chance to win up to £250 in free credit towards away game travel, short journeys across town or car club use, enter now at west12media.co.uk slash enter. To find out more, visit ubico.co.uk or download their app now. Okay, okay. Second ad, just before we start, we have been nominated for the Football Blogging Awards. We need your votes. We're in the final six or eight, something like that. We need your vote to have any chance of winning. Really easy. If you go on our Twitter page, it is our pinned tweet. At QPR Pod, you click on the link and it will tell you how to vote for us. And if you don't vote for us and get all your friends to vote for us, then Donald Trump will become the next president of the United States of America. Roll podcast. Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser um, and I am joined by three other QPR fans this evening, but I'm distracted because Chris Mendez, who's the first guest this evening, say hello to everyone, Chris. Hello. You're taking a picture and I know why you're taking a picture because you are convinced that Paul and I have come in the same outfit. Exactly the same. I think um, Finney's probably gone through the wash a few more times because it's... (laughs) Slightly different shade, but I'm, I'm convinced it's the same shirt. I'm going to tweet a picture of it later. Are you trying to say Ooh. that Wayne Washington powder is not Daz? Uh, I'm convinced it's it isn't What does. do they call it? Like gingham or something, this style. What do they call it? Um, is it just checks? Check, yeah. Check, check. check. We're check. both wearing a red and black check shirt, which is completely irrelevant to We're busy middle-aged men trying to cover our bellies. Dennis the Menace. Let's be honest. That's it, why we wore these checks. Can I point out at this point that Paul is 10 years older than me whilst he tries to club us together? It's not my fault. You look well-worn for your age. Some people right you had. Anyway. Experience. And Fraser's wearing his uh, Martin O'Neill glasses as well. I'm not wearing any glasses. <laughs> Very good. You just done you. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what just happened. Well, that leads us anyway. What did just happen? That leads us to our second guest, um, Rahul Desai. Yeah, that's pretty good pronunciation. Good, you like it? Pretty good. Yeah, my mom would can, would uh, accept that pronunciation. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So you are welcome to the podcast. Thank you. First time. First time. So you are you're a significant man, I'm sure. In any case, but but in relation to the podcast, you're ex- significant for two reasons. Number one, you're the first man first guest ever to bring beer for us or cider to be cider, precise yes. to be for us yeah what does everyone drink cider i said yes he's so rahul has brought four ciders with him um not that finney ever mentions that he likes cider just a coincidence irish ciders as well are they irish are they no, yeah they are they're, they're, they're magnus very good so thank you for that the second thing is no one else is aware and i'm only aware because basically my brother told me the other day you are the 50th guest on the podcast so not phone guest like as in panelist or whatever we want to call it in the six seasons or five and a half seasons we've been doing it Rahul you are number 50 wow so congratulations (laughs) can I just say something yes we have money to get 50 people on this I know 50 (laughs) different people bless you all bless you all for coming we appreciate it. 50 people, though. They only gave us a week. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads us on to Paul Finney. 
Oh, hello. Co-founder of the QPR podcast. Hey. You're a guest of a co-founder, Mendes. <laughs> hey. I, did I call you a guest? Uh, yeah, I can't You're remember. a co-founder as well. You're a co- <laughs> Okay. Paul, hello. All right. How are you? I'm all right. I'm still half asleep from Saturday. Are we going to talk about football? At some Let's point? talk about football. Um, let me do the, the, the messages, as they say, that I need to do. Um, first of all, shout out to Harry Gutteridge. Thank you, Harry. He's bought our beers for this evening, which you can do on our website, notwithstanding the beers that Rahul has already bought. So thank you very much, Harry. The second thing is you probably heard the ad at the top. We're doing a competition with Ubico, who um, you can rent cars by the hour with them. And they're giving our listeners up to £2,000 worth of car hire credit, um, including £250 for the winner. All you need to do is go onto our website and we will pull out the winners at random after November the 4th. Um, so on our website is west12media.co.uk slash enter. That is that. Everybody, uh, uh, the only other messages I need to go through is to remind you of our Twitter address, which is at QPRpod, and our website, which is qprpod.co.uk, if you want to listen to any old episodes. Okay, we also have Peter Hucker coming up, ex-QPR goalie, who was there on Saturday, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in a bit. Which means everything on my list has been done, and now finally, six, seven minutes in, we have to talk about Reading, the game against Reading. Yes, precisely. The, the battle of the hoops, eh? eh? Yeah. It was pretty dull. I think for about 10 minutes in the second dull. half, it looked like we were going to start to play well. It was kind of exciting. Just after um, Washington came on, we started to play well for 10 minutes. And it's funny how the atmosphere lifted as QPR looked like they, you know, they might forge some decent attacks, but then it just kind of fizzled out again uh, and it was pretty poor to be honest at home only having two shots on target mm. yeah I'm, Paul I'm, I'm, I'm not going to moan because I get accused of being a bit of a moaner I don't know why this is based it's, it's, it's lies I'm telling you I'm not I'm the most happiest person that ever lived I just hide it well it was a pair of shade honestly <laughs> I'm, you know it, it's, I'm baffled I am baffled by what we're doing at home on every game, it seems to get worse. It seems to be like we are the most we have away. So I set up for away games, at home games, but it gets worse. We get really paranoid. We've won one home game this season. We have the same home record as the team who are bottom, and the same away record as the team who are top of the league. See, is that right? And yeah. it's not like it's not like this pressure playing at home because I think our fans are all right. I despite what anyone else says, and we have all these campaigns to make more noise. Blah blah. We'll talk about that later on, but. I think that you can make noise, but it's more likely to be snoring at this rate if we're not careful. And we we need to have posters that have you know that can stop us from falling asleep. I was looking around the ground. I took a photograph of Fulham. Remember, I told you the people reading the paper, mm-hmm. and I put it on Twitter. On Saturday, I was looking around our ground, and people were just just doing things. And it, it's got to be it's got to be the football. It has to be the football. What do you think, Rob? Have we got the most negative Dutch manager ever? I don't want him sacked, by the way, before everyone says, oh, have a go at me. But I'm just thinking it goes some way to have the most negative Dutch manager ever, sure. Well, I guess the we wanted two strikers, and Hasselbank gave us three, but I guess the same the same. But result, no wingers. But yeah, no, I just think it's, it's such an imbalance in the squad. I think that we're just begging for a, a midfielder who can actually play between the lines, because every time mm. Forlan, Forlan actually had the skill set, but... You just see there's no one. Henry can't pass forward. He's a fine player, but he just doesn't pass forward. Borshek, I don't know if he can pass forward, but what ends up happening is Cherry keeps on dropping deeper and deeper, and then there's just an imbalance, so he gets the ball deep. Mm. The striker and the wingers are wide, and if he's deeper, then you play it long to Poulter. There's no one for the for the ball when it gets knocked down. So, Who does just he seems- think is his player who can play it forward? 
I don't know. I mean, sounds like it's a great movie. But I yeah. wish there was someone Kevin who could just pass it between the lines. That was the difference between Reading and QPR. They had John Swift, and he was really good at that. Their number eight um, it was Hasselbank. He's trying to build a team around Cherry, and he has got flashes of brilliance, uh, which he hasn't showed for a while. He just hasn't been very good, I don't think, recently. On Saturday, he wasn't. He was not really in the game at all. Did you read that Independent article? I think it was Independent. Was it Independent? I don't know. No, I don't know what I'm you're about to say. Um, and um, yeah. Well, it was like about his background, about how hungry he is to succeed and the lifestyle. Cherry. Yeah. I and he, he had a terrible upbringing, which is, you know, mm-hmm. we've all been there, I suppose. And he he sounds like a lovely fella. And I just wonder sometimes, maybe he's a bit too nice. Maybe he needs to get stuck in more. I don't know. He needs to do something because it's like what you said in the pub. Bertram said last week, if you're going to build a team around Cherry, he has to have his Adele moments where he can just make things happen. Mm-hmm. And they're getting less and less. I'm getting quite worried about that. I'm also thinking, you take the wingers off and you put the strikers on, but there's no one to cross the ball in the box. You know, it's little things like that I don't get. All right, I'm not getting paid a fortune to manage a football team or make speeches, but I'm thinking that's pretty rubbish. Is he... He's been here, what, a season and a half now, Cherry? I think he's a, I think he's a good player. He's a very good player. Is he... This Adele Terrapt player who we're building our who we should be building her our team around. I'm not sure, or rather, that's a euphemism for I don't think so. Mm. Um, and it's probably a bit unfair on him, isn't it? It's a bit unfair on him, and it's a bit unfair on the rest of the team because he is not necessarily that player, as you say, Chris. He has flashes of brilliance, but doesn't show them often enough, like Adele did when Adele was at his best. So therefore, don't build everything around him because it puts him under too much pressure. But it also inhibits the team because we're playing in this system that kind of all points towards him, and he's not that player. It's funny because Jimmy, when Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was on the podcast, he said that he plays this formation so he can have Cherry as a number 10 because he's much more effective in that position. That's why he plays this formation. But he hasn't been effective in that position for a while now. So he has to make a big decision soon, I think, possibly okay. even tomorrow night, whether to either drop him to the bench or play him, play him as a winger and change the, change the formation. Yeah, but if you, play, if you play, play him as a winger, you play 4-4-2, you have two strikers. You have Cherry on wide, who's not necessarily a great crosser, so he's kind of neutralized there. I mean, my, my issue, I don't even think Cherry's doing anything wrong I think he's just no. getting the ball in the wrong spot and it's because no one in the back four and no one in that midfield too can give him the ball where he wants it which is closer to the opposing goal he keeps on getting it deeper and deeper I mean mm. I showed Finney before if you look at his heat map from the last match he's literally taking every touch at the halfway line and it's because no one can give him the ball further up the pitch so I, I almost feel like I don't know if it's Luongo has to deliver him the ball or if it's if it's Cousins I don't know who needs to get, get him the ball in the spot he likes it but Getting the ball at the halfway line is not going to work for Cherry. But if we play him in the left, which I'm thinking we probably will do, and we play in the centre half as a left back, that can. You think we'll play that tomorrow night, or you think when the system has proven to not work, we'll play him on the left? You could even play him in a four-four-two as a second striker, just behind Porter. Yeah, I I even Southampton yesterday they played they played Austin another striker, and then they played a ten behind them, and then three midfielders. I don't get why we can't just do that. Put Henry in the middle. Put two two midfielders on the side and a three and then play him in that same ten roll. Yeah, it's t- tough because our two wingers at the moment, Shadibo and um, Pavel, they're both kind of unproven and unexperienced at this level. I mean, they're both doing quite well, I think. You don't get experience unless you get played. Yeah. I know, I'm not suggesting we drop them, but I'm just to play, you have to have like full confidence in them and they have to be like firing on all cylinders for that kind of system to work. But do you know what I don't get, right? 
explain this to me, and maybe the listeners are better educated than I am because I wasn't very well educated. Anyway, if you go to play a system we're playing, we have to make every corner count, don't we? We have to make every free kick count because we seem to be absorbing pressure then coming at the side, blah, blah. Why can't we take a fucking corner? I mean, seriously, is it that hard for professional footballers on a small pitch to take a corner that might actually make one of our players? Enlighten me. Get Gino Padula back on the training field. <laughs> but if we space man coming yeah. off the corners like that. No, but seriously, I mean, our, our set pieces are terrible. They really are. And it's just like, we've had an international break. We, we had a, the bounce back from Fulham, which, let's face it, was daylight robbery. And thank God for it, because it was marvellous. <laughs> but I fear that if Jimmy doesn't get a win tomorrow night, if we don't get a decent result at Wednesday, Brentford could be toxic. Explain to me, I, I'm not as as kind of admittedly, I'm not as astute on tactics as 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 you as you guys are. So explain to me the wisdom. Accepted wisdom is you can't play cherry in the middle because in the middle of a four four two, in the middle of that four, you need two box to box midfielders, right? Mm. Um, and so therefore he can't he can't play in the middle. But what used to happen with players like Cherry before before the kind of systems of playing three five two or, or, or sorry one up front as we're playing? What what where did they used to play those players? It well either as a central midfielder who defends a bit more, as a winger who can't play in that position, or as a second striker, I guess. Um, they kind of never played them as like you know you have two central midfielders in the middle of that four, and one does a bit more defensive work than the other, and one has more of a free reign. I, 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 before they invented one up front in this country, they played four four two for however many years mm. and had lots of creative midfielders that weren't stuck out on the wing. So I'm I'm Andy sort Sinton. of sorry. Andy Simpson, he was kind of that sort of player. I think he, 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 was, he was always on the wing, wasn't he? He was on the wing, but he created a lot of goals. But he didn't. He wasn't blessed with massive pace. But he was just clever, and he was always he had players in the box. He, had, he was always one step ahead. But if you're actually looking for pace, Faraday had more pace, but Simpson had the ability to put a a ball exactly at someone's feet from 35, 40 yards. So he was, in, he, wasn't, he was on the wing, but he was more effective as in what he did with the ball. See, the fact mm. that we're even discussing it, it, it shows that it is a problem. Because, you know, when Adele was in the team in the championship, he just had a free roll. You didn't really bother about it because you knew he was going to do something. Yeah. Like Wegley did, hmm. to be fair. That's what Wegley did, especially at Leeds. <laughs> well, as an American, I, we didn't know that soccer existed until about 2008, so I can't comment <laughs> on what happened before, but... <laughs> what I would I mean, in Loftus Road, the stadium is so small. I mean, sometimes you watch free kicks from the defensive half, and it looks like it's set piece because the stadium is so small. You can play. I mean, you can play a more attack minded uh, system because players can drop back into defensive position because it's such a small pitch. You go from defense to attack so quickly. So, I would be fine with maybe playing a four four two and then just having Poulter drop back and then having Washington as the release point for a counter attack. But yeah, I, I, I'm perfectly fine just having a little bit less in the midfield if it means that we can have some more going forward mm. but we if one got, of those guys will drop back but we haven't got full backs as well which is a massive problem we're playing centre and half as full back yeah. and then yeah. Perch didn't make the position his own on Saturday with any stretch of imagination some would say that he was a wee bit awful um, Paul uh, Connor Washington watch <laughs> I'm getting to the stage now where you're kind of wondering if it is going to actually happen for the lad um but something we were discussing before the pod as well. Like since what were you saying? Since Austin scored more goals now in the Premier League this season than Washington scored for us since he's joined. Uh, yesterday, is, yeah. Austin scored more goals yesterday yeah. than Washington scored for us. Yeah, so since it, he's been here in the league. But then is Washington a finisher? I don't know. 
Um, he seems to be very, very frustrated. Is he trying to overtry him? Probably. I don't know. It's it's, well, it's, a, it's sad because I think everyone wants him to do well. When he came on, like you said, the whole crowd was behind him. Everyone really, really wants him to do well. And he it, did change the game, to be fair. Yeah. It, it just it was totally. that final ball. That, uh, Where would lacking. you play him, Paul? In a green shirt. And then pretend to put a QPR shirt over it. It seems to work for him. You look um, a little bit like uh, Connor Washington. Like an, an older version. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I look more like a cross between Elvis Costello and Shrek. Um, anyway, but um, yeah, the, the, the thing about but is he, he, there's something there, but we're not. You see, I, I do wonder if we're bringing out the best in players. Lynch as a left back is just madness. Why do you not go three centre half even and then put the defensive midfielder in front of the back three? I don't know because it's not working. We're getting done, and he's 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 you know, and it's not. It's, it's going to create confidence. I mean, one of the things that worried me about the game actually is just seemed like they. On the left hand, the amount of times they passed it out to their right winger Reading, and they had so much space mm, to like, totally. attack. But why not? Why not play the the Finnish fella at left back? Oh, you know, he, he also holds an American passport, by the way. Why not play the Finnish American fella <laughs> at, at left back? Nico, unpronounceable. Why? What, I agree with you. We, I think I think against Birmingham we played four centre backs across the back four. I can't remember. Did against Fulham as yeah. well. Against Fulham, yeah. So, you know, he's obviously been. You, for want of a better word grooming him to come on and develop in the team let's keep going let's keep it in the room keep going why not play him because I agree with you Lynch is, is sort of what, he tried his best you know bless yeah. him he tried to get down the line tried to put those crosses in but it's obvious he's a centre back yeah I think I think part of the issue too and I actually think he's a, a wonderful young talent and I think he has a great future ahead of him so I'm not saying this in any way to disparage him but I think Shodipo didn't necessarily provide the best coverage. I think he kept on drifting a little bit more towards the middle of the pitch when he should have been a little bit more wide because that, that was the weak spot. The left side was the weak side. Mm. So I think he's not getting the best coverage on that side, but he's not a left back. I mean, he just he's mm. not built to be a left back. So even when he was coming forward, he couldn't play the cross. I mean, it's not his fault. He's just put out of position. So hopefully we can sort it out with an actual real left back pretty soon. Lynch is ideal partner, is him and Hall, because... Lynch is just they shall not pass he's that sort of player completely wasted as a left back in my humble opinion and f- sorry go on I was just going to say Huddersfield top two or three in the table at the moment uh, doing really well their budget is bottom four of the championship uh, mm. they haven't spent that much money just got players in that the manager knows well from his time in Germany do you think that QPR have bought uh, wisely enough to challenge with this group of players over the next year or do you think it's more of a you know, problem of tactics you'll get hammered on Twitter for that because a lot of people on Twitter think we haven't actually spent that much money but if you actually look at a lot of the players they've, they've cost over £2 million the forward line on the Saturday it's, yeah it's all relative like, yeah. you know just, Huddersfield are just proving that you, you can but they would say no, we're not spending as much as we did in the Premier League well we're not in the Premier League that's why but we're still spending a lot of money I mean, it's interesting because we, it was an interesting transfer approach because if you look at a lot of the players, Naboto or Yanni, whatever his name is, although I don't know where he's been. No, yeah. Uh, I think you're the person uh, who tried to some personal issues, hasn't oh, yeah. okay. Now you're making me feel bad. We're not trying to. We're not trying to. You, Silla, you didn't know. Silla, uh, quite a few of the, the, the two Polish lads. I mean, they've really recruited a lot of players who have never played in England before. Mm. And the championship is a pretty difficult league, so... I'm curious if the recruitment strategy was one designed to maybe make a push next year once these players have had a few months to settle in because Poulter wasn't great at the beginning of last year. Cherry wasn't necessarily lighting it up at the beginning of last year. And they've actually become pretty good players, so it may just be the adjustment period. And finally, because we need to go to Peter Hucker, but we can't can't wrap up Saturday without talking about our sweeper-keeper. 
yeah. and it's a question <laughs> that we'll ask Peter Hucker. But um, Smithy's, I mean, Smithy's got us a point on Saturday, didn't he? He was great. Great headers outside the box. <laughs> to be fair, there's few of our centre halves can down from that. He actually didn't hit yeah. it to somebody else either. He probably. <laughs> can you remember a period where we have had two? keepers as good as what we've got now I can't really as be, like between Hucker and Barron and now when we've had two keepers that are quite that good I can't remember with Seaman who crossed over with him well, well, see, see, was, was, was it Nicky Johns, Nicky Johns or Robert was, oh, Nicky so maybe Johns Seaman and Tony Roberts uh, was, uh, who was there with um, Burridge Chris Woods was there um, two together. Okay, so, so at least where we've had two keepers as good as the two keepers so we've got Ingram now. and Smithies. Yeah. So you, you think they're better, better than Smithies and Rob Green, for example, or Cesar? Well, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so so two keepers that have been good whenever they've played for QPR, not two keepers that are kind of good on paper or reputation because. I'm not one of those who kind of beats up on Green, but you can't really judge like Green and Smithies together because Green was pretty much out of the club. But I mean, the keeper we've got playing and the keeper on the bench, whenever they have played, both of those keepers are very, very good. Well, Ingram kind of, I thought he could have done better against Sunderland last time he played. He parried this for their second goal. He's parried it straight into someone's path, had them to score the winner. But then you could argue the defence wouldn't help them out. I'm trying to think, that's a good question, that, because I'm trying to think... Um, Mike Kelly was there for a while he didn't get playing that much because Phil Parks was just so damn good that's the trouble as well when you've got one will eventually go um, mm. and that, that's it but yes yeah, that's a very good question we'll get someone is going to point out the bleeding obvious system or that we've missed out <laughs> and we're going to feel really embarrassed and they'll say you should not have a podcast but I, it's a good question I would actually play them both at the same time I think Smithy's on that performance should be playing in central midfield as a defensive <laughs> true but what do you think what do you think before we go to Peter Hooker as well, the only thing, it, it, and he, you can see with Smithies, he's trying to find that pass all the way through the game to, get, to open the attack up as well. And he is trying, it's not really his fault the players aren't running the positions where he's putting it. Yeah, there was, I think he set up QPR's best attack in the second half, mm. didn't he? Yeah. I think he's a great keeper. I think he's a great signing. Um, it's a shame we didn't play him earlier. Just speaking to a Huddersfield fan before we um, played them earlier in the season, he was saying that he is a uh, very good shot stopper, but he has, you know, can be suspect of crosses. He was excellent in the podcast as well. I wasn't on it, but he, was a, he came he was very a good. Fella. He was very good. And and let me say, I wasn't here for Bircham podcast, but it was a brilliant podcast. We can't take any credit for I that. I enjoyed it <laughs> immensely. I, I laughed, uh, hooted with laughter like everybody else did, apparently, on Twitter from all the feedback. Hooted with laughter. Well, I'm just trying to find the right word. Right, should we go to Peter Hucker? I go on. Bit of luck. He's on the end of the line. Now. Peter, thanks for joining us. We were, we'll, we'll ask you a bit more about Saturday and, and the Ex-Players Association in a bit, but we were just talking about Alex Smithy's performance on Saturday and seeing as yep. you were at the game, um, yep. what, 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 what did you think? We, we thought he was great on Saturday. Yeah, I like him. I think, uh, I think he can command his box very well. Um, he's on his toes for everything that's being played through. Good shot stopper. Yeah, looks like he's got a lot of potential. Well, we're glad you agree with us. Um, yep. Uh, so, Peter, then, uh, 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 following on from um, the, the goalie, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Forever R's club. So, yep. we, we all saw you on the pitch on Saturday at half-time. Um, how, how was the day? Oh, fantastic. Uh, nice to meet up with old friends as, 
as it always is, um, you know. So, and uh, it's always great to go back to QPR. I love it when I go back there. Always get a great reception, um, you know, family club, and that's the that's the feel you get of it. And it's it's it. Some people are saying it's 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 long overdue. This definitely. <laughs> this definitely. Club. I mean, you know, I don't know how long ago it was that I left, but I think I got invited back twice. Um, and you know, no contact with the club at all, really. Um, overall, uh, so yeah, no, I think if you go to most other clubs, um, you know, they they have some form of, of recognition of their ex players, um, and I think you need to have it. You know, there's a lot of people who have done a lot for that club um, in in different things, and to be honest, I think there's a few. A few people, not players, who, who should be recognised as well. Daphne Briggs being one of them. Yeah, mm. um, you know, uh, she, you know, she needs to be recognised in it as well, not just players. Um, I, I just think it, it's a great idea. I hope they get it off the ground. I hope it works. I think it will get a lot of support from the players. Um, you know, just chatting to the few that were there and would like to meet up at other events and. You know, just keep in touch with what's happening. And um, what did you from from Saturday and chatting with the other players and chatting with the club? What um, what form do you think this uh, the association's going to take? What's going to happen with it now? Well, I mean, what they're hoping for is to put on some golf days and things that that supporters can join in with, and meet up with the players. You know, maybe some dinners, maybe. Um, some appearances in local pubs and things like that, just just to get you know the the well ex players as it is at the moment uh, back in touch with the supporters. Um, I think they should do it with you know a lot more with the current squad, but always very tricky. Mm. Okay, much easier, much easier to be done with people who, <laughs> who you can't blame for last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, yeah. and okay, so tell us. Um, Although we've mentioned Smithies briefly, what did you think about everything else that happened, that went on on the pitch on Saturday? Um, difficult one. Um, not sure what the shape is of the team at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, doesn't seem to be a great deal of communication between the players. Doesn't seem to be a lot of attacking options. Um I don't know. It, it's it, how long, you know. You have to give people time. You have to give people a chance to settle a squad. You know, you come in with what you've got. You're restricted by money um, and what you've got. It's about can you get players to buy into what you're trying to do. However, I I've seen Rangers about four times this season. I still haven't got a clue what they're trying to do. I see no shape in the team whatsoever. Yeah. It's not good. Hey, Peter, um, going back to your time, and we'll, 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 we've talked about Saturday, and I'm, I'm, I'm still trying not to fall asleep. Oh, yeah, I'm still not trying to fall asleep. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about it. When at you at re- the performance on the pitch, not yeah. Peter. No, mean. no, Peter was all right. He was jolly decent. Hello. You didn't actually wave to me, Peter, which I took as a personal insult, but no. Um, on... on, on when you were at QPR, who was the worst manager you played under? I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Well, I don't think anyone, there's any doubt who the worst manager was. That's Alan Mullery by a million miles. And I, I, I can't even say manager. I can't, I can't even speak uh, because he wasn't. He, he was a non-entity. 
Really? The best. That's the best I can give you. Okay. Elaborate. And tell us, tell us more, Peter. Everyone, everyone talks about the Duke Castle game. You know, we're four 0 down at half time. What did Alan Mullery say? Sort of. Uh, and then Fenger said, "Well, let's let's stop." Terry Fenwick said, "Well, let's stop playing the way you've set us up this arse and play the way we normally play." So it was Fenwick took control then. Yeah. Gee. And I, I, I remember Rick hearing about it the day. I was far too young to travel <laughs> on the plane to the European Games, um, but apparently it was quite interesting when it flying to that uh, game in Belgrade. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's a very good, very good plan. We're uh, we're four goals to the good. Yep. And we're going to play one up front away from home. Fantastic. Love it. I think that's a great idea. Set ourselves up. But his plan, and we did this behind closed doors, you know, covered all the fences up, was we're going to play him wide. The one so up front one, wide. We, yeah, we played one player up front wide. Oh, and I think you'll find that their uh, their sweeper <laughs> probably created all four all four of their goals. And just just had nothing to do. We're trying to find somebody trying to hit trying to hit a needle in a haystack. It was ridiculous. And um, is that why how he thought that? How he thought that? Like, he thought Mallory thought that was tactical genius on his part. Oof. So um, so you liked him. I loved him. <laughs> so on the plane, I guess a few words were exchanged on the way back then. Not by me. There's oh. something happened on this plane that Finney knows, and he's trying to lead you into it, Peter. No, 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 so I'm just whatever he's getting at, tell, tell, enlighten the rest of us. I'm not sure. I think it may have involved some Welshmen, but I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, Peter, one a very thing large I was... Welshman, <laughs> and um, maybe a Northern Irishman. Um, Could have been. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying. Brilliant to see you guys back on Saturday. Brilliant to see the Forever Irish Club get launched in a, in a positive way, as it should be. It's something that we've been banging on this podcast for a very long time, and well done to the club for doing it. And um, great to see you guys back. Um, and um, I'm sure a lot of people said to you, bring your boots as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Somebody said to us, why didn't you walk around the pitch? I said, most of us couldn't have made it around <laughs> the pitch. <laughs> and it was, it was great to see Stan back as well. Oh, fantastic. Do you know what? Um, it, sad, sad as it is in a way, you know, he was sort of had a quick chat with him uh, before we went out on the pitch, you know, up in the up in the lounge and that. And it, it was, you know, it's, it's a sad thing to see. But the minute he stepped on that pitch, different. He just, just came alive. So something in there just triggers it. You know, it was just fantastic to see. From, from somebody who was sort of oh, what a terrible disease that is you know um, not sure what was going on the minute he stepped on that pitch to that crowd uh, and got the ovation that, that he, he you know desperately deserves I, you know I, you remember I used to see him I was, I was an apprentice I was his apprentice actually for his room but um, you know to see the things he did on the pitch and then realise that he did 10 times that on the training field you know, um, just just a genius, and uh, and it was good. It's so good just to see him light up um, as he walked out, um, and yeah, got the adulation he deserves. Peter, um, can I ask you uh, on the kind of ex players association? QPR wasn't the only club that you played for. What do, what do your other clubs that you played for do, and and how involved are you in going back to those? 
well, you know, QPR's my club. That's that's be all and end all of it. I mean, Oxford have one um, that I wasn't there really. You know, it's very difficult going somewhere for two or three years and 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 trying to become part of that. I was at QPR at thirteen. Um, you know, I think I can't remember. It's eleven, twelve years I was there in all thirteen years, maybe. Um, so it, it was my club. I'd been to Arsenal as a kid. I'd been to Chelsea as a kid. I hated them. Oh, you and me both, a, brother. <laughs> it was it was a different, a totally different atmosphere at QPR. You know, we, we at thirteen during the school holidays, we'd be invited down to training, and I'd be training with Phil Parks. You know, you don't. That, that will never happen today, for one. Um, but you know, that's how I learnt my trade. Um, with, with, with goalkeepers of that calibre, you know, Dave Sexton took time with all the young players, all the youth team. Frank McClintock would come over and run a session with the defence. You know, just tricks of the trade, and uh, and and that was the atmosphere. It was it was the whole club. But the other ones, it was like, well, you know, you're a nobody and, unless you finally make it to the first team or whatever you do. But uh, QPR, you always, always felt part of it. And that's the difference. It, you know, it'd be very difficult for me to say, you know, well, yeah, I love going back to Oxford and whatever. You know, I enjoyed Oxford. They weren't my club. Circumstance got me to move, um, you know. And, and rightly so. It, it was uh, so, you know. But if you if you look at most other clubs, they they have. I mean, Tottenham have a very big uh, thing with ex players. They have their ex players team. They have an ex players golf things. Uh, constantly doing stuff. And uh, and I, I just think it's nice that, that the you know supporters can get closer to the players and ask the questions you're asking me now, which is you know. Great answer. In, in, in private, might get the right answer. But Peter, <laughs> I may have this completely wrong, but did you go to Man United on loan? I did. I had uh, I had two little spells up there um, under Alex Ferguson. So under Alex Ferguson, I, I don't yeah. I don't imagine you were there long enough to be part of their ex players association. But it'd be quite <laughs> oh, a good was. one to brag about if you were. <laughs> well, I still had the letter from Alex Ferguson thanking me for my fantastic professionalism and uh, and everything I did for them up there, which just shows the caliber of that man. Did you put it beside um, the one you got from Mullery? <laughs> um, no, no, I put it with, with Mullery's book where he accused me of getting in the sack. Oh. But there you go. Picked on the wrong person. Picked <laughs> on the wrong person again. Uh, I know who got. I know who got in the sack, and uh, it certainly wasn't me. Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to ask it on the podcast. Alan Mullery no. got himself the sack by the sounds of this. Well, let, let's just let's just say that three players would have walked out of the club after the Stoke game. Oh. Okay. If he'd if he'd a remains manager, that's why he went winning. Wow, okay. And was one of them Hucker P? No. Okay. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Like, not at all. I was I wasn't uh, I wasn't one of Jim's Jim Gregory's favourites, so let's let's just leave it at that. Now, <laughs> funny enough you mentioned Jim, I wanna ask you about him just briefly. Yep. Um what what was that whole experience about taking that Queen's Park Rangers side to Wembley like twice? Oh, just out of this world. It was, you know, we, we, we certainly weren't expected to get there, although we were playing very good football. 
um, at the time. And, you know, we're the underdogs, nothing to lose. For us, you know, equalising in the last three minutes, it's like winning it. Um, mm. I, I know for a fact they cancelled their victory dinner. No. Um, yeah, on the Saturday, uh, Tottenham, and uh, we went ahead with ours, and it was great. <laughs> and, Jim Greg- and Jim Gregory was the best out of, out of everybody. Uh, he was, uh, yeah, he was well up for a party, Jim. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, you can't beat that experience. You can't buy that experience. It was still just about in the time when Wembley was a special place to play. Um, you know, now everybody plays there. So, um, yeah, and it, the atmosphere, the, the crowd, you know, fantastic. QPR have got a great following, a fantastic following. What they need is something to follow. Very good. Peter, thank you very much for coming on. No problem. I think, think you've been on before, but um, always welcome. And, um, yeah, great to hear from you. And I'm, we're, I'm really pleased to hear, we're all really pleased to hear about the um, Forever Ours Club and that you had a great experience yeah. on Saturday, and hopefully it's the it first of many of those um, Well organised by Andy Sinton, shall I say, and, and whoever helped them. Very well organised. Def- well, definitely, you know, just come and grab me. It's easy. We will. We'll hold you it's, it's, it's easy when somebody's offering beer. I'm, I don't resist. Well, May is 25 years since the 1982 Cup final. Right. So that sounds like quite a good live podcast theme for us, doesn't sounds it, Sounds like Paul? a party. You're not wrong. Sounds like a good one to me. Yeah. We'll book you in now. All right. Thanks could, very much, Could, could be Rangers back there again that year. <laughs> what, this year? This year, yeah. Let's, there you go. Let's hope so. I believe in yeah. miracles. <laughs> yeah, automatic promotion. You never know, big man. Thanks for coming yeah, on, big fella. Really appreciate no it. No problem. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, right. Great interview. Uh, we should have him on more often. I think it was a few years ago we last had him on, uh, but always good to speak to him. Right. We've got quite a lot to get through in the next 10 minutes. Uh, hashtag make some noise. I'm looking at you, Chris. So, if you've been on the moon for the last week, the club... I haven't. You haven't, but I'm talking to anybody out there who may have been on the moon. You never know. Tim Peake may listen to our podcast. Big QPR Or similar people. Um, The club launched a campaign urging fans to help with the atmosphere called Make Some Noise. They launched some um, photography and some posters with... Um, our German centre forward mimicking a World War One recruitment uh, campaign. How could that <laughs> What's not to like about it? Um, I never thought of that. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, you so. can't. It, you can see what they're trying to do, and Ian Taylor did explain on Twitter that it was a kind of supporter-led idea. But you can't fabricate atmosphere because it's just an emotional thing, and it comes from a reaction to seeing the team performing well and just being generally excited about the way they play so I mean it probably would have got even more noise if they had a campaign for everyone to shut up you know it's <laughs> <laughs> so. the, the weird thing is um, that video they did we'll do our bit pointing, pointing at you through a screen they're giving it you know, we'll do our bit <laughs> pointing at you so you think we I, should have a campaign make some goals make some goals I like that <laughs> it's I, true yeah no, but I like that because they used to try to get through to you like, I, I, I genuinely felt they were talking to me and you know, you know what you do when you go to a concert when you're young and, and, and someone looks at you in the band and you think oh they look yeah, whatever and I thought yeah yeah and then you turn up 15 minutes in and you're going for fuck's sake really you know what I mean I will make noise if you can complete a pass chase a ball go one on one with the goalkeeper 
great and I'm not saying they're not trying because they are trying maybe they should say to Jimmy let's create some tactics and then we'll create some noise at the great tactics at the great goals because football is pretty simple you make it entertaining you get the fans inside you show effort There's a, we were talking to the pub when the tackle was made by the Polish lad he probably went into your man and the whole crowd lifted it mm. that's what brings we it we know his name now He's, it's three weeks you can call someone the oh, nationality <laughs> lad for we now know his name it's Shoek the English lad in goal is awesome <laughs> yeah uh, no, no, you can call him the Polish the lad up right. until third yeah, okay. appearance, really. All right, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, to be fair, I would call Conor Washington the Northern Irish lad, except he was born <laughs> in England. Anyway, but there's, there's that. I'm, I'm, it's so obvious that there's so many things a club need to do to improve atmosphere. Um, a leaflet and a poster probably isn't the one I would have chosen. Um, there's, there's a lot of things they do in match days which is concentrated purely on the family stand, which is brilliant. They need to go around the ground more and bring in everyone else around the ground because having the beer yeah. tent in the family area but there was uh, a 10 minute period in the second half where the atmosphere yeah, did I pick up it and it was because QPR were on the front foot yeah. yeah so the American lad what do you think yeah I, th- I think we should uh, <laughs> well <laughs> keeping with the theme I think we up need until to, his third podcast we can call him the American lad exactly. right. yeah. no I, I think we need to make Loftus Road great again um, as, as Donald Trump has said about the United States. <laughs> but uh, no I, I um, did you really say that I don't think uh, I, I was I was don't think that a campaign really helps in a lot of the common tropes about why why the atmosphere isn't great. Uh, or at certain games, 12.30 starts, things like that, unattractive football. I went to the Fulham match. It started at 12.30. The atmosphere was insanely good. Mm, I've seen, right. we've gone to away matches where, frankly, the performance was absolutely shit and the support was good. And that's 4,000 fans. And what I don't understand is what's the disconnect? Because Lofty Store only has 15,000 or 16,000 people. So... It's surely not just the football, because I've gone to away matches and cheered on, frankly, dire football. So I, I just don't know what it is. I mean, it's, a, it's truly a perplexing question, but it, it is a shame because, I mean, I've only been supporting QPR for a few years, but it's such a different atmosphere. I remember last year at the Brighton match or, or some, some of the other better matches. It's just so flat, and I, I bring a lot of my American mates to, to matches, and I feel so disappointed when mm. the crowd is flat because I feel like I'm not showing them what QPR is actually like. But no, I think even for, from the fans, I mean, we have players who are pretty popular players like Smithies and, and Cousins and things like that, and we don't have songs for our own keeper. So why is the fan base, does that not, why is that the case? I mean, I, I don't know what we need to do to make sure that these players that are pretty popular have their own songs that we can sing to get behind them. But yeah, that needs to be fixed. Well, songs now are just everyone else's club song change names. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what they do. Whereas, you know, Stevie Wicks, Eyes of Blue, Six Foot Two, you know, that, you, know <laughs> you don't get them anymore, do you? Hey, they, they were the ones. Well, of course, there's a lot of um, discussion around the position of the family stand and. Well, that you was know, always a bad Traditionally, idea. the loft upper and lower sucks the ball in towards it. You know, the crowd wheels it into the goal and. You neutralised you neutralize the end. That's the, the problem we have. We're not. The only noise you get is a packed away end. You get mm. a packed top, bottom, and tier away end. We can't come back with that. And all the noise was is focused on one area. I'm not saying the family stand should be moved now. It's though it is what it is. But in design and concept, it was a, maybe it should have been split half and half because we don't seem to get much noise from the loft. Just encourage people who make all the noise to have families. <laughs> I so I like Dating the out. family stand, and you know my, I've got a six-year-old daughter who comes sometimes. I would like the club to experiment and do trials where, uh, you know, quote unquote, 
non-real fans or whatever non-families are in the loft and and maybe that isn't the reason maybe it's got nothing to do with it but let's try it we have cup games we have midweek games where we know a lot of kids don't go to let's try some games where we play around with who's in the lower loft and uh, and uh, and see if it makes a difference and I, I've got, as you know, I've got a lot of time for a lot of people at the club, but I find Lee Hu's very inflexible on this discussion point. That's I think he's a, a very dynamic CEO who is just not, not trying to find a dynamic solution or trial to whether it's worth experimenting with the lower loft, and I think he should. Yeah, I mean, I actually asked this question at the fans forum, um, but what he said, it seems like a persuasive point from a business perspective, which is that in order to retain a young fan base, you have to create a section for them to come, and having having that section encourages more young fans who might otherwise be going to bigger clubs with mm. greater TV visibility. Yeah. So I... I kind of am sympathetic to that point, and I also think logistically it might be difficult to switch mid-year. But uh, uh-uh. it's, it's that's that's all valid, and the club do great stuff. Whether being behind the goal in that stand is going to be the difference between a uh, a youngster coming back or not, I'm not sure. And I say this with my brother and my nephew sit in the family stand, and I think it's great. I just don't know whether it needs to be there. No. The, the, the problem we have is we have a very small ground. Yes. Wherever you were going to do that family stand, well, we don't fill it. You, you, were going, you were going to upset people, and a lot of people Correct. Did, get, did get upset. So if you move it again, you're going to set, upset a whole load of new people. Was it genuine, genuinely a problem before we had that family stand? Were a lot of people um, badgering for a family stand? Was it not really? I mean, the thing is that the problems we used to have in the eighties and nineties, because I'm older than you lot, is that we would we would play someone and have twenty thousand or there, and then next week we'd play Coventry and we'd have eight thousand. I mean, it went up and down, and the atmosphere was never electric a lot of times but it was better than what it is now I always thought that maybe the lower school end could have been a family stand or maybe the middle of the Ellsley mm. where you haven't you're not too near the way fans you're not too near Q Block not there's anything wrong with Q Block but the songs make it a bit fruity um, and things like that there too. but you're going to upset people now you've already upset one group of people the ground is just too small most of these family designs now are designed in concept with new grounds mm. so they're there from birth so no one's been sitting there for 60 years of families the problem we've got is that people have been moved they're aggrieved by it and it's not working hi it's not working I don't know and the staff that the only place where there's a bar is in the family stand okay go. we have to finish up this topic um, just will we be seeing hashtag make some noise again uh, I don't think so anyone I, I welcome the club's idea I just hope next time they, they get it right better oh yeah Oz end this is the part of the show where we talk about anything and everything we haven't had a chance to yet. We are we've done a long podcast tonight, Harry, haven't we? How how long have we been? 46, 46 minutes, which is longer than normal. So we need to get this done really in the next few minutes. Um That's nice we're saying hurry up. Hurry up to everyone. Let me do mine first then whilst you think about it. We are a finalist for the Football Blogging Awards in the podcast category do some kind of whoop Whoop, whoop, whoop. so there is uh, the the football blogging awards have received a thousand different podcast blogs nominated and we are in the is it the final six or the final eight final eight final eight for football podcast of the year up against people such as 
Jay from the Inbetweeners, who does the Sun, who does the Dream Team podcast. Bob Mortimer. Bob Mortimer out of Vic and Bob, who does Atletico Mint. Absolute Why am I legend. plugging the other people in our category? Forget the know. others. Big names, not very good podcasts. Big. <laughs> that's that's a good slogan. Um, yeah. So. We are we're going up to Manchester on November the seventeenth. Um, to and make some noise, there are two awards in each category. Right, we get, there's the vote, so we encourage you to vote for us. If you go on our Twitter page, the pinned tweet is the link that you need to do to vote. Please, 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 can you get every? Uh, this is a, a direct appeal to listeners. Can you get everybody you know to vote for us? We would really, really appreciate that. Um, desperate enough the other one is the judges vote and anybody so this is like they actually have a judging panel and they presumably the 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 fans vote is like based on quantity and the judges vote is based on quality so these judges listen to the podcasts and then will decide on who so the winner are I'm going to read you out the list of judges. Anybody knows anyone, Jesus, please beg them. No, Phil McNulty, Joe Tung, Barney Rone, Paolo Bandini, Paul Cannonville. First time he, and last time he's ever going to be mentioned on this podcast. Danny Weber, Lindy Hooper, Bianca Westwood, Luke Edwards, Shelley Alexander, Paul Plunkett, Natalie Pinks, Graham Bailey, Kate Riley, Rachel Brown Finnis. She's the goalie, mm-hmm. isn't she? Paddy Higgs, Natalie Pike. I'm get bored already. Right. I'm not going to go through the rest of the list. But ask our judges. Just votes, votes. So please don't stalk the judges. That's kind of wrong and can end up in jail. Just Paul. persuade them to vote for us. Hello. Your R's end. My R's end is, is, is quite... I'm going to do two quick ones. Very quick ones. Well done to the club on doing Forever R's. Um, Ian Gillard came on this podcast a few years ago and was very dismissive of what the club were doing. Ian Gillard is now like president of River Eyes. Well done. Really Would you up. say that we are responsible indirectly for the establishment of Forever Eyes? We are responsible for making people mindful of the fact that it needed one, perhaps. But I, I wouldn't like to claim it because the club have put the hard work in and we can't take credit. But you're welcome, QPR. When we um, turn off the record button, would you like us to take credit for it? Uh, Right. Okay, second one. <laughs> second, second one. There may be three here. The second one is next. this time next week is my daughter's 15th birthday and I will be in Nando's with 22 15-year-olds. Please pray for me. Um, Lily, if you listen to this broadcast, I love you. You're a wonderful daughter, but you really need to start thinking about getting a job, yeah? Okay. Anyway, so happy birthday and please get a job. You're costing me a fortune and I can't keep up with it anymore. Happy birthday, Lily. Yeah, thank you. And the last point I'll make is... Forget make some noise. Forget all the posters. Forget all the leaflets you're going to throw on the floor. Just be Queen's Park Rangers. That's what you're best at. That was a great two points. <laughs> it was three. Very good. I could have got on about transport and, and getting here. And, and, and Why is it everyone that uses the tube these days is an arse? You lot the commute, I salute you. I can't do it anymore. People are so horrible on the tube. This now. is much... You should save that for your comedy store gig. Yeah, no, um, save that for next week. Yeah. Week but it's true. Uh, five years, uh, it's got worse. Rahul, you're going to go last because we invite our guests to go last. So, Chris? Uh, I just want to echo what you were saying, David, about the... It'd be great if you, as many of you as possible could vote for us for best, as best possible. I mean, I made a hash of asking people to vote for us, but... Uh, mainly yes. as well because in the same category as us there's a Chelsea podcast and uh, even if we don't win it it'd be great to get your votes just, just so we can finish above them uh, it'll almost be John Byrne like 6-0 exactly we don't get we don't it's at Old Trafford as well when was the last time QPR it is at Old Trafford, Old Trafford. Yeah. so we're great to get a win there the awards uh, are at Old Trafford yes uh, Raul 
Oh, sorry. Did you? How did you finish, Chris? I had pretty much finished. Yeah, but if yeah, if you'd like to vote for us, it's a it's the pin tweet on the QPR Pod Twitter account. Click the link. There you go. And I will come round and thank every single person that votes for us for what they've done while for the ha- pod. Yeah. <laughs> yes. While you're having your breakfast, Raul. Well, I'd like to uh, thank Finney for for, <laughs> for, giving me, for giving me the invitation a little bit last second, but I I made it out here and just wanted to note um, we also had the. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank internal investigation and and he was cleared of wrongdoing by the club so just pointing that out there leaving it there and and that's it but th- thanks for inviting me to the pod uh, was very happy to join yeah welcome yeah come back yes. 50th guest you go down in history and you can start us off on the predictions because uh, we have two games before the next podcast we have Bristol City and Sheffield Wednesday away your prediction uh, I will go with one nil tomorrow uh, against Bristol City. I think I think we should win that game. I think we'll win it at home. I think the fans will get behind us. And then Sheffield Wednesday, I'll go with the nil nil draw. Christopher, uh, just because it's just going with the trend for this season, I think we'll lose at home to Bristol City and and, uh, and beat Sheffield Wednesday away. <laughs> I, I'm going to go exactly the same as you, Raul. I think we'll win one nil tomorrow and draw on Saturday. Paul. Complete the podcast for us. I think tomorrow is going to be massive amounts of noise. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be end to end. It's going to be Brazilian style football when Brazil were good, not this Mickey Mouse side. You have. Is there another game on um, somewhere else? The, 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 Brazil turned into Harlem Globetrotters years ago, um, and it will be like 1970 all over again. It'll be end to end. It'll be brilliant. And yeah, we'll probably lose one nil and, and, and get spanked <laughs> by Sheffield Wednesday. No, but realistically. Need to win tomorrow and get a draw Saturday at Sheffield Wednesday. We have the players. They just... We will do our part. You do yours. Very good. Thank you, everyone, for coming in. This has been the Open All Rs podcast. Okay, so we signed out, but we were so overexcited we forgot to do something at the end of the podcast. So this is sort of like the second end of the podcast. Right, Paul? It is indeed. And it's a song by Emily Capel, And she's been brilliant as you know in the live podcast and she's done a wee song for us to get you all voting for us at the live, at the bloggers award so playing us out is Emily Capel with what's the name of the song it's called the QPR podcast please vote for a song we're open all ours baby that's where we're at you can tune in on a Tuesday morning for some QPR chat Players can come to the studio And tell us times that they've scored And all the fans can give their opinions Whether we win, lose or draw Jimmy's defending the season And Bertie clears up that stoke attack And Clint Hill speaks on the phone And it makes us all want him back Yeah, it's hi-ho, Queen's Park Rangers Every single match Oh baby, Chris, Chris, Dave and Paul Talk about the players wearing the badge Yeah, it's hi-ho, Queen's Park Rangers Every single week, yeah baby From Loftus Road with a blue of my army There's no other broadcast like the podcast.
The QPR podcast is supported by Ubico, the provider of rental cars by the hour, who are giving away over £2,000 in credit to our listeners. For your chance to win up to £250 in free credit towards away game travel, short journeys across town or car club use, enter now at west12media.co.uk slash enter. To find out more, visit ubico.co.uk or download their app now. QPR! 